Hi, I'm Glenn Mullen. I'm based in Valdor, Quebec, about 600 kilometers north of Montreal, President and CEO of Valdor Mining Corporation, uh, VZZ on the TSX Venture, and VDOMF on the OTC markets in the United States. Uh, we've been listed for about a decade. It was 2011, July, when we were spun out through a plan of arrangement from Golden Valley Mines. Um, and over to you. Glenn, good to see you again. It's been a while. Uh, and like you said, I think the last time we spoke was, was about Golden Valley Mines. Uh, congratulations on that transaction. You must have been pleased with that one. Were you expecting it? Uh, no. As I've described to a couple of people, I was never surprised to receive phone calls and have expressions of interest, but we refer to those as tire kickers. I mean, those people walk around the car, kick the tire, kick the other tire, come around again, second, third loop, start to feel like the rings of Saturn after a while, nothing happens. So after a decade of that, um, the fact that someone would call and express interest wasn't extraordinary. We knew what we had. We controlled a royalty in the largest gold mine in North America. Nothing extraordinary about an expression of interest. But in July, out of the blue, came a call from Gold Royalty Corp that expressed interest. And instead of kicking the tires, just asked if we were motivated to have a series of conversations to lead towards a potential transaction. And even the way the transaction question was framed was quite unique. And it was David Garofalo himself, the president CEO who called. He'd already spoken to some of our largest shareholders and had assured himself that he wasn't going to be wasting his time. It didn't really take long after that for us to come to a heads of agreement. And this was more complicated than most. It involved two companies, not one. So the subsidiary for which their interest was really targeted was called Abitibi Royalties, also listed in Canada and the United States. And they acquired the entirety of both companies, Golden Valley Mines and Royalties and Abitibi Royalties in a share exchange. Very much proud of it. You know, we were listed at 30 cents in the year 2000. We were taken off the board at $11.60. And that's just for Golden Valley. For Abitibi, its IPO was at 30 cents and it was over $24, the final share exchange. So those are pretty extraordinary numbers. I didn't have any shareholders who called me to complain. I think there was uh, enthusiasm right from the beginning of the announcement, which was Labor Day Tuesday, whatever day that was, September 7th, I think. Things moved along quickly. There was some concern by other parties about um, interlopers and alternative expressions of interest. None came, none were manifest. We closed quickly and gold royalty over to them. And they've done an excellent job thus far and definitely a very different vision and much more bench depth than we've been used to on our side. And, you know, a very experienced seasoned team, mostly based in Vancouver. But they've continued unabated, um, looking at other transactions, other opportunities, and pretty enthusiastic about what that's done for our shareholder base and how that touches Baldor Mining Corporation. Well, well, yeah, and we, we definitely want to get into that because it, it seems like a kind of cookie cutter approach here that, you know, and they I think um, Gold Royalties hold 37% of the company. So um, I do want to get into that. So you feel that with the, with that transaction, they allowed you to take some of the upside because so their multiple was very different from your multiple. So the, the, the gain for them was immediate, but you feel you got enough of, the, of that upside uh, to make shareholders happy by the sounds of it. Well, 
As some of my long suffering, as they described themselves, shareholders for Golden Valley had um, complained, you know, why is there this disconnect between the valuation for Golden Valley and its more or less 45% shareholding in the subsidiary, Abitibi Royalties? If it trades at X and you own 45% of it, you should trade at this, and you don't. You trade at a 40% discount. Valid com comment or complaint. But my retort always was that only matters if you bought it a week ago and you're selling today. Then it matters um, because you've probably left money at the table. But if you buy into the proposition that it really only matters at the conclusion of a transaction, because the only way anybody can buy that 45% interest is to come in through the front door and pay full value for Golden Valley. And that is exactly what happened. That was the exact transaction. And that's why the Golden Valley shareholders actually received a premium of 88% and the Abitibi shareholders received a premium of 24, 25% and gold royalty on the bump of the announcement actually moved up about 20%. So that's quite a difference, 88, 24, 25 versus 20. But that was the exact business model from the beginning. But boy, did that ever take a lot of patience. Like, you know, and I've, I'm going to contrastulate, contrastulate both sides because obviously um, Gold Royalty have come out of the gate fast. They're making acquisitions. They are out there um, trying to make more acquisitions and they are being rewarded with a fantastic multiple for such a, for such a new company. And that speaks to the board's access to the financial markets and and and, and that access um, is is giving them you know due attention as as a result. Um, so, but they're, they're, the upside for them was significant in doing these transactions for you. Like I say, their, their multiples are significantly more than yours. But you've managed to capture some of that. Do you think you could have got more, or is this always was this exceeded your expectations in terms of, of, of the valuation? And the reason I'm asking this now is because we're about to talk about you doing it all over again. So what, what were the bits that you think you got right? What were the bits that you think, well, perhaps maybe you could have eked out a little bit more here? Well, personally, I was satisfied. And, you know, satisfied, I guess that's a fairly ambiguous word that you can read both ways. I think my shareholders were thrilled to death. So most of them had grown quite tired, weary of hearing, be patient, be patient. The only way to buy Abitibi is through Golden Valley. They're going to pay full value or we won't consider a transaction. And all of a sudden one came and it actually offered exactly what we had internally been determining through our modeling of fair value. And so did we leave anything at the table? Well, Malartic will continue to grow, surely, over the next decade. It's already the largest gold mine in North America. Um, as it turns out, the property that was held by, originally it was Golden Valley that staked that property, spun it out and listed Abitibi royalties using that property. And all of the new zones under development by Agnico Eagle Yamana Gold on Canadian Malartic are in the middle of that property. So it wasn't just good luck, it was good geology and good exploration, but the property will surely continue to grow. So if you look at the question five years from now and say, did you leave anything at the table? I suppose it determines if those shareholders retained their gold royalty shares um, and what gold royalty also does with that royalty itself in the interim. Abitibi was paying dividends, gold royalty has just announced a new dividend policy or plan. Um, you know, personally, I think it was a great transaction for now. 
notwithstanding that I don't doubt that the Canadian Malartic project will continue to grow. But be that as it may, um, our shareholders were thrilled to death. And as I said, nobody complained. Nobody called me and said, how dare you? No, the exact opposite. It was, wow, you know, we actually got the full value. And um, personally, I'm satisfied, I guess, excited with the prospects looking forward. I should have mentioned that I continue as a director for Gold Royalty and as a consultant for them for certain opportunities in Quebec and Ontario. So I'm still connected to the project and still connected to the royalty, I suppose. And I know that I'll have my ear to the ground because it's a local project. Um, but there's always someone that's going to say you shouldn't have sold. You should have stayed independent. But haven't heard that person uh, raise their hand yet. Haven't heard that person speak out of turn. And even our largest shareholders, our smallest shareholders, there was nothing but enthusiasm through September, October, and up to the closing in November. Yeah, I mean, you used the word luck earlier on. And um you know, luck in terms of exploration, good exploration. I think good exploration is good exploration, right? The geology, yeah, you got, you, you've got to be lucky about, you know, how that unfolds o o over time for sure. But I'm just, I'm, I'm going to sort of come back to understanding if you're going to repeat the same thing, because this is a bit, I think you put this down as a success. You, 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 all the words you're using describe a successful situation for Golden Valley and, and Abitibi royalties. Um, if you're going to repeat that, you've got to know the bits that are, are important for investors to understand walking into this, right? So you've described them as having been tired and a little bit worn, but obviously pleasantly surprised and delighted with, with this offer. Because why, why shouldn't they be? But it's taken a time to get there. So, you, you know, in, in, in a market where, you know, it, there's a lot of pump and dump and overexcitement and big headlines and people rushing in, not really know what they're rushing into and then getting disappointed when they get there. It's like, what's the type of investor that you'd look for for, the, for this new vehicle of yours, Valdor uh, Mining? Well, first of all, Valdor isn't actually new. Um, I should restate that the plan of arrangement in 2011 that we did through Golden Valley, we listed three companies on the same day, Abitibi Royalties, Valdor Mining Corp and International Prospect Ventures. And shareholders of Golden Valley then received one share of the new company, each of the three new companies for each 25 shares they held of Golden Valley. So Valdor Mining Corp isn't new. It was actually part of the, the basket that Golden Valley held. And that's why Gold Royalty is now the largest shareholder of Valdor Mining Corp. Okay. Because it inherits the 38% interest that was then held by Golden Valley Mines. So the type of investor I'm looking for is the type of investor that embraced either or both of Golden Valley Mines, which was a classic project generator, stake properties, find joint venture partners, spend their money to prevent dilution to our share capital and go and do that again and again and again. You don't know which one is going to become... Um, you know, valuable. It takes a lot of drill holes, takes a lot of projects, takes several commodities most of the time, and sometimes cycles in the industry. But Valdor Mining Corp is following the exact same business plan that was first used by myself in university as an independent prospector, then used by Canadian Royalties Inc., which was listed on the old Toronto Stock Exchange and taken over by a Chinese metals company, and then by Golden Valley Mines, and then by Abitibi Royalties, and now it's Valdor Mining Corp doing the exact same thing, staking properties, grassroots properties, project generation. 
using joint ventures to use other people's money and prevent dilution to our share capital, doing it on multiple projects, multiple commodities, in a very focused geological um, area. So Abitibi Greenstone Belt mostly, and Northern Quebec and Ontario. And why those areas? Because we believe that we have to be close to the opportunities. That's why our head office has never been in a major urban center, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, or anywhere else. We're based in the middle of a mining community, believing that that kind of ground truthing, local intelligence creates a lot of the opportunities and the local experience. So having drilled hundreds of projects, thousands of drill holes, multiple geological environments, different commodities, diamonds, uranium, nickel, copper, platinum group elements, copper, zinc, gold, precious metals. You know, I always told people we're not a gold company. We're an exploration company and we move with cycles. We move with commodities. We're not married to any one of them. So the type of investor is someone who's versatile and patient. That's the point I wanted to get to. So thanks for all the expression of exactly what you what you have done in the past and what you're going to do moving forward. But I just I want to define really clearly for people looking at this what what you how you need to see this part of your portfolio, this part of your investment, because it's a more patient return. And it, as you say, moves in cycles, and you know some some of it's luck, some of it's good good work up, up front, and some of it will work out, and some of it won't. And and that I think it's important to walk into investments knowing what you what you're investing in, right? And I think you know you you've laid it out there, beautiful. Okay, so can we now we understand the invest investor type, and you can and they can identify themselves. Um, can we talk about what what your um, this current, I get that's been around a long time, but you know what I mean? This is a sort of almost like a new incarnation because, uh, you know, some money's gone in several years ago and I don't know how much money or how dormant this, this asset, this project company has been since it started to now, but you are now coming in afresh and saying, right, we're, we're going to get this thing motoring, right? So can you give us a sense of what's happened up until now from it when you did you set up originally, how much money's gone in, what, the, what did the share register look like at that point before you've done this spin out? Sure. Well, like many mining companies or public companies, you know, you go through different evolutionary stages. So the original plan of arrangement when Valdor Mining Corp, as it's now called, was listed, the original name was Nunavik Nickel Mines Limited, and it was based in northern Quebec, the extreme northern part of the province, because that's where our predecessor company, Canadian Royalties Inc., had been based. And we had just lost that company in a hostile takeover to a Chinese metals company called Jilin Jin from Jilin province in China. And they've put it into production, and there's a thousand people working there today, and They've spent $2 billion on it in infrastructure. So Nunavik Nickel Mines, as it was called, the original mandate was to piggyback off that and to continue with our exploration efforts in the far north. Of course, my timing couldn't have been worse. Caught the slide in nickel prices from $24 a pound US right down to below $4 a pound US. And so that became a real struggle. Fortunately, I was the major shareholder. My other directors were the other major shareholders. We all had the skin in the game. We were able to keep it listed and alive, doing very modest private placements, preventing dilution, not doing these gigantic nickel private placements, the exact opposite. And we continued to look at 
opportunities and primarily nickel until we finally threw in the towel and said, okay, let's not consolidate. We don't like to do that kind of destruction to our share capital and shareholders, including ourselves, because we're the major shareholders. So let's look at other commodities and other projects. And at the same time, Golden Valley Mines, which was my parent corporation, if you want to call it that at the time, had had some success because of Abitibi royalties and the Millardic project, to the extent that that board, Golden Valley's board, decided it didn't want to be subjected to any dilution at all. And yet it was the company that held 60 odd properties in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt. So there we were at Valdor Mining Corp, as it's now called, thinking, well, this would be a good venture. Golden Valley's not spending any money on those properties anymore. It had already spent $10 million on those properties. We thought enough of those properties at Golden Valley that we did spend $10 million on them. And now we can't because we can't be subjected to dilution because we're all waiting for an outcome at Canadian Malartic. So why wouldn't we divest of those properties or option them to our own related entity which is now called Valdor Mining Corp. And Valdor, because it's the middle of the Abitibi Greenstone Belt, where the 60 properties are. And so that's how Valdor Mining Corp changed its identity and became a focused project generator explorer in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt. It acquired Golden Valley's properties. And that's how Golden Valley became the largest shareholder of Valdor Mining Corp and consequently Gold Royalty Corp, who now own that 38%. So on with the show, Valdor Mining Corp now has the business plan of creating value from those grassroots properties that were originally staked by Golden Valley, originally had 10 million spent by Golden Valley, and now are in the business plan being used by Valdor Mining Corp and previously by Golden Valley, Abitibi, Canadian Royalties, namely the properties are staked and owned 100%, find a joint venture partner, prevent dilution to share capital, you're preventing dilution to yourself primarily if you're inside the company because the major shareholders are the board and management and Quebec institutions. So it's the same business plan aggressively being worked by Valdor Mining Corp with the exit strategy of creating royalties. Got it. Okay. So let, let, let's just kind of um, see what people need to be to, need to be focused on. You've got some obviously some NSRs on, on, on there. You've also got some equity uh, holdings as as well. Can we just deal with the equity uh, interest that you've got? Clearly, they have a book value, but you possibly would find it hard to look. Would you use so? Would you be thinking of using that as a means of reducing the need for raising capital and therefore dilution to your current shareholder base? Is that is that the point of that, or are they long term hold? As well. Well, what we always try to do with these joint venture transactions is two parts of exposure. One is the NSR, creating the royalty. Mm -hmm. So you've staked the property. Now the property is a liability. You have to raise money to work on it, unless you find a joint venture partner who's willing to undertake the capital raise and so on. So we retain the NSR. That's good. But the other thing we want is consideration from that public company or private company going public. And if it's private going public, then we want to know the milestones. And there are certain catalysts within the agreements so that they either do or don't. If they don't, the property comes back to us. If they do, then we retain our equity position. And usually it's in the range of 9.9% .9 of these going public entities. So that's significant. Significant equity, which is indirect leverage into the asset, along with the NSR royalty. 
And they're not retirement funds, so we don't intend to hold them forever. Mind you, Golden Valley Mines, which did the exact same business plan, still held on the date that it was taken off the exchange and merged with Gold Royalty, still held significant equity positions that had acquired a decade before through similar transactions. But, but is that, but is that out of choice, other- Glenn? Because you know, if you t- you're talking about 9.9, it is a significant value, but it's not in terms of dollar amounts, which suggests the companies are of a certain size, which means the liquidity is an issue, which means that it's, it's not so easy to utilize. I'm trying to work out the utility of it versus the you know, decision-making that you have to make is like, you may want to sell, but you can't. And therefore we should see those as a potentially accreting value position in terms of the equity. And therefore going to market and raising actual equity of your own is gonna be a more necessary part of the, of the of the business plan for you moving forward. Because there's a real skill down at this level to, you know, companies of 10 million bucks to keep the thing moving at a pace. And I'm just, I'm intrigued in those skills and, and, and what it takes because you, you've done it a couple of times, right? Right. But your question was really, would we consider using that as part of an alternative to doing dilutive private placements? I think that was part of your question. What I was trying to say, can, can you rely on being able to cash in or not being enough liquidity in these equity interests that you have to be able to raise some cash that way? Or are you going to have to go more conventional and raise, you know, dilute your own shareholders and raise cash that way. Right. Well, I'm not arrogant enough to pretend that you can rely on it, but it's certainly a possibility, if not a probability, but that's dependent on multiples. How many of them do you have? Some of them will fail. That's a certainty. So that you can rely on, that some of the transactions will not vest and will not result in royalties at the back end. And that's why we depend on specific milestones for the going public transactions. But that said, it is an alternative to dilutive private placements. And, you know, we live hand to mouth in Valdor Mining Corp. And that's the way we always have. I don't think we've ever had more than 500,000 Canadian dollars in our till in Valdor Mining Corp in over a decade. And I don't think we've ever had under $100,000. But it's always funded internally by board, friends and family, and the Quebec institutions. Um, They've all been well rewarded in our prior entities. But those transactions, private going public, it only takes a few winners so that you don't need to do a public financing for three or four years. And that's exactly the premise. And that's why we try to work with early stage companies, but with seasoned management groups. We're not talking about somebody that it's their first vision in going public and it's on the Canadian Securities Exchange or another exchange you've never heard of. These are people that are seasoned veterans, typically Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, for the most part, mostly Vancouver and Toronto groups that have good reputations, that have decades of transactions behind them. And when they say they're going public within six months, maybe in our mind we'll think, okay, well, let's give them 12 at the outset and see if it works. If it works, good. If it doesn't work, then on to the next one and do it again with the same property. And so that's kind of the theory in that it's a better alternative to go to Valdor Mining Corp's shareholders than doing private placements at 13 cents. Right. Okay. Understood. Like, like I say, I'm not, not, not digging you out on this. I'm, try, I'm literally trying to understand it because I say there's a real skill to keeping the cost down, but keeping the show on the road, as it were, with lots of 
small projects which could be, you know, as you say, many will fall by the wayside, but enough enough make it that it becomes meaningful to the company and it continues to, you know, this accretive value creation that that, that I can explain there. it in a better way for you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like, appreciate yeah. it because I'm trying I'm trying to learn here. Okay. Yeah. So I think the best way to explain it is one of the new entities that we've recently done a transaction with is called Quebec Nickel Corp or QNI on the CSE. Mm-hmm. So that group is run by Dave Patterson from Vancouver. It's been around for decades and certainly has his own track record of prior successes on the TSX venture primarily, and not just in mining, various other industries as well. So Quebec Nickel Inc. or Quebec Nickel has recently raised $7.7 million, which is entirely dedicated to the joint venture with Valdor Mining Corp. So another way of saying that is Valdor Mining Corp has about 70 million shares issued in outstanding. And we trade between 10 and 15 cents. And $7.7 million dedicated to a single property held by us in 2022, entirely in the form of a drill program, 20,000 meters plus. How much dilution would Valdor Mining Corp have incurred if we were to have raised that $7.7 million and we were to have done that drill program internally? That's exactly the type of transaction that we don't do because of the dilution it imports to our share capital. And that's exactly why we like to do these transactions with private companies going public. Because Quebec Nickel was private a year ago. It took them eight months to go public. And within four months of being public, they raised 7.7 million. And that drill program started a week ago, by the way. So that'll be our primary focus for 2022, Nickel, primarily as the commodity, nickel, copper, platinum group elements. But a 20,000 meter program by itself would be the story for most junior mining companies. But for us, that's just one of the transactions that's resulting in additional exploration with no dilution to our share capital. Now, that's so, the difference. Okay, okay that, that's a good example. And I was, I was actually going to ask you, you know, it's slightly, slightly different uh, structure was the Alterado um, gold deal. Um, for instance, but here's the bit that sort of intrigues me. It's like the way you paper those agreements up is really important because, because like say you said, um, quite a few of these things will, won't actually make it the whole way. I mean, but at that point, if they've delivered certain milestones, they get to retain the interest in the property, presumably, or do you try to word it so that if they do not deliver 100% of the deliverables, that some or all of it reverts back to you. Yeah, case by case. We always right. try to have the most favorable outcome. We yeah. want the property back. That's outcome number one. That doesn't always happen. The worst outcome would be that they end up with the property title and they do not go public and we're left with a bunch of private company shares and an NSR and a property that's now defunct. On the other hand, most of the transactions have minimal expenditure requirements based on short-term time increments. So if they don't go public, they typically can't raise the money that's required to keep the property in good standing and the property comes back Okay, and we can do it again. Uh, everyone is different. Eldorado Gold were a much more difficult group to negotiate with because they're much more sophisticated. Um, they've done a thousand of these transactions. But they were actually quite fair and quite anxious to get the transactions done because they're trying to expand their footprint in both Quebec and Ontario um, because of their experience mostly in Europe with the European projects. And 
You know, the Eldorado Gold Group are also largely based here in Valdor. It didn't take very long to come to a geological consensus on the targeting and the exploration strategy. And again, that's going to be great for Valdor Mining Corp this year and our shareholders. Gold primarily, gold and precious other precious metals. There's one property in Quebec, two in Ontario. They're really focused on trying to develop their local footprint and Ontario presence. And most of their staff are based here in Valdor, so they're looking through us to assist them as they build their Ontario efforts. But that's going to be great for us because complemented by the nickel strategy, the 20,000 meter program, we'll be drilling as quickly as the venture allows with Eldorado Gold. And you know, that's the first deal we've done with a significant major in about five years in our group. Typically we deal with these obscure juniors that are private going public. They tend to be the best outcomes for our shareholders if they do indeed go public. That's the art, is trying to figure out who's who. Where are we in the cycle? Are they going to be able to complete the raise? Will they get the listing filings done in time before the cycle changes? That's all part of trying to read the tea leaves. But, you know, over time, I think we've been right more often than wrong. You don't need to be right every time. You just need to be right on projects that are material that pays for the rest of them. And we understand some of them will fail and some of them do indeed fail, but that gives us another shot at it through another entity, as long as the agreements are properly structured. Well, that, that, that's why I think the, the agreements are really important. It's like the, the smaller companies you perhaps can, you know, have a decent arm wrestle with them. The larger companies, whilst you're not going to be able to enjoy the arm wrestle, it's kind of comforting to know that their, their balance sheet, their experience, which lends a bit more, um, credibility to the project geologically potentially um, and that there's probably well one would hope a little bit more certainty about about, about the outcome as, as, as a result so it's a, it's a real mixed bag to say it's 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 a it's a dark art and you know reading the tea leaves um component to it but i'm just i'm just intrigued the way the steps you go about i you know how you profile each of these deals because you know the ones that are more likely to fall over than 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 others, but you got to you got to kind of set them free to give them a chance of success, or else you, you'll you, nothing moves forward. Um, you did a raise in December, uh, four hundred thousand. That's to to do what? Kind of cover a bit of GNA and and, uh, and no, in and what fact, else? the opposite. It's entirely for self funded exploration. So two hundred thousand dollars dedicated for Ontario exploration and $200,000 for province of Quebec gotcha. exploration. Gotcha. And you know, some people call that putting lipstick on a pig. These are grassroots properties. You can't make them look any different than they are. They're grassroots. They don't have typically drill holes. They don't have previous history. There's no old reserves. There's no resources. They're grassroots properties. They're ideas, not just pie in the sky. They follow typical geological hypotheses in specific environments. But the probability of success, it's still a high risk, high reward environment. And so $400,000 to us is enough dilution, is enough money that we can test about 10 properties with that $400,000. And the idea there is that dilution will create multiple new joint ventures. That's enough that we can take an idea, dress it up, geophysical surveys, trenching, prospecting, sampling, and bring it to multiple other entities and say, look, 
you know, you guys are trying to look to expand your footprint in Ontario. You're looking to expand your presence in Quebec. You're looking for gold. You're looking for diamonds. You're looking for nickel, copper, platinum group elements. We can help you because we've just done this project. These are the assays. These are the targets. You can step in on a program tomorrow and be drilling. If you want to go and stake properties yourself and go public and raise money, it'll take 24 months to 36 months before you get a drill hole. You can start drilling tomorrow if you do a joint venture with us. That's the difference. And that's why we raised that 400,000. That was one reason. The other reason was the terms were pretty good. Flow through funding in Canada is becomes very attractive near year end. There tend to be a lot of funds available. And so from the company's point of view, the terms tend to get more attractive. So ultimately reached a point where you can't really say no. Okay, so you've just done you've just done completed a deal with Gold Royalties. Um, this is a spin out. They're sitting on thirty seven percent. Management and board are sitting on four percent of this company. A ten million dollar company doesn't sound like a lot. So, so, so how does Glenn Mullen and family make money on this? Why are you doing it? Uh, well, the primary reason I'm doing it is because it's fun. That's what makes my heart beat. So, Avatibi Royalties was a thrill. And it had success. Golden Valley Mines was a thrill and it had success, but it was a prospect generator. It was the exact same business plan. Grassroots claims, prevent dilution, other people's money, and then success came. Canadian royalties was the exact same thing. We had over 122 projects when we were listed on the old Alberta Stock Exchange, all grassroots projects, and ultimately found a mine with our very first drill hole and then lost the company in a hostile takeover. But those things make my heart beat because they're all grassroots, something that no one has done before using standard geological methodology and strategies and trying to create value in a prolific environment, but not looking at old shafts, old properties and trying to redrill properties that were redrilled in the 1930s and the 1910s and the 1970s and the 1980s and the first flow through wave. We're trying to be creative on the geological modeling, sticking with rocks that are friendly. Um, we do like certain packages more than others. And success tends to come through time. It's not focused on any one property. We don't fall in love with any one property. That's why the numbers are big. 51 properties in the Abitibi, 60 properties overall. Which one will have the value? Maybe several, maybe none. It's an ongoing process. It's not an event. And so that's why I do it. And as to the 4%, well, that would probably be personal because I don't think it includes wife and family. But the board are still the largest shareholders along with the Quebec government institutions. And bear in mind that this has only been our direct focus since Christmas, since the takeover with Gold Royalty Corp. And now that Gold Royalty Corp are the largest shareholder, all of a sudden this has become my day job. So I'm very focused on Valdor Mining Corp now, whereas before, I think it's a fair comment to say, some of us were distracted with Golden Valley Mines and Abitibi royalties. That's no longer true. 